Hello, and welcome to Second Helpings, a Grace Fellowship podcast designed to serve up another round of insight and application from our Sunday morning corporate worship gatherings. Pull up, dig in, and get filled as we take another taste of God's greatness. All right, and so we are on August, when we're at now we're in August. That was August 1st. <laughs> there we go. Nice. Trump by the new month. There yes. It always, when a new month happens on a weekend, I'm always knocked off base. Like, because I, I don't really pay attention to the calendar on the weekend. So it throws me off. I almost forgot to pay bills. So, <laughs> scary, scary. All right. Well, um, August 1st, we're uh, looking at James. We're in chapter one, verses one through eight. Very familiar, um, but also a very rich passage. So I talked about a number of things that I think were really helpful. had some good conversations um, after the worship service with some folks. But, you know, just kind of the the question we keep asking, anything in particular that stuck out that you really um, were glad to be able to hit on or something maybe you thought you missed or that you could just emphasize again for a good second helping? I think just in general is that um, when it comes to difficulty in life, that is a sum total of what do you do, how do you approach difficulty that's not brought on by sinful activity. Mm -hmm. Just in general, the human condition in the environment we live in the fallen world, that is the section in which Christians should derive their ability to look at it and see it for what it is. That it's not God's after me, it's not that God's displeased with me, that's why I go through difficulty. Difficulty is seated in our environment. It's a primary tool God uses to not only expose our desire to rely on ourselves, but the way our heart thinks, and it becomes a very valuable tool that he has if we understand it appropriately. Mm -hmm. If when we encounter difficulties, we say, why did you put me through this, God? Or why did this happen to me? From that moment, you go, you have no chance to develop through this Mm -hmm. because you don't even see it appropriately. So I think James is very important. And can you imagine he's writing to the Jews that are dispersed uh, how much they were needing this information because they're Jewish Christians. So the Gentiles don't like them. The Jewish people don't like Mm -hmm. them. They're in this kind of their own little world. They have every right to say, God, why are you putting me through this? Mm -hmm. And James goes, aha, let's talk about this. And then he goes into the subject. So it's 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 Christianity 101, but so many people uh, skip that class, it seems, who uh, are Christians. And it seems like it's kind of even implicit, just like whether or not it's a Christian or not, but in human understanding, if something's gone wrong, what have I done wrong, right? Yeah. The, you think about like the old Greek myths or whatever about their gods, you know, that you mm-hmm. pacify them. Or we even think in scripture, what did this man or his parents do that he would be blind, mm-hmm. right? Or Job and his friends. They, they must have done something, Job. Yeah. And uh, the reality is we live in a fallen world where bad stuff, it happens and tough things happen. It's how we see them and understand them that's going to determine what we're going to get out of them. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. If you think about it, if you get Genesis 1 through 3 right, Mm. how many things make sense? Mm. If you get Genesis 1 through 3 wrong, Mm. how life doesn't make sense? That's good. That's really good. Yeah, so... Um, one of the things that I thought you, you uh, started off with this, and I thought it was really good for setting the tone for the message, was this idea of the squeeze, right? The, mm. You got what is in the sponge comes out when it's squeezed. Um, I thought it was really helpful. One, because I'm always saying to my kids, is the juice worth the squeeze? So I'm thinking about that. That whole thing. But when I thought about that, and it kind of, I guess, triggered me into thinking about, okay, is the juice worth the squeeze? Mm. Right? The Lord does this stuff to us. He puts us in these circumstances 
to where we can see what comes out, but he's also molding us and making us in that. So um, it's funny, I told you a little bit about this before we started, but I kind of, I looked at the text and I started coming in backwards. Instead of just reading through it, I started, I think in like verse four and I started working my way back. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read, the, I'm gonna read what I wrote down here. Um, it says, coming into verse two to four backwards. So you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, right? He's saying, so you may be perfect and I want to be perfect and complete. I want to lack nothing. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll sign up for that. How do I get it? Well, the verse before that says, let steadfastness have its full effect. Okay, that sounds good. How's that happen? The testing of your faith. Uh, okay, well, what are we talking about here in the testing of my faith? What's that going to count? Trials of various kinds. Well, hold up. Maybe, maybe the juice isn't worth the squeeze anymore. I don't know if I like this trials of... Um, you know, different kinds. I think of the, I think of the old different strokes. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> you know, right? But if we go into that, remembering now, this juice is worth a squeeze. Yeah. Like what the Lord's doing for it. All of a sudden, it becomes. It's like working out, right? Nobody wants to be sweaty and nasty mm -hmm. and hurt, but people like. I've been told anyway. People like the idea of being in shape. Um, <laughs> so then, all of a sudden, it becomes worth it, right? Mm -hmm. So. But it's like anything, you like the results, you don't necessarily like the process. But if you don't keep the results, which you're going for in mind, the process could overwhelm you and you walk out. Yeah. So everybody wants the high paying job. Yeah. No one really wants to spend four years in college. Yeah. Everybody wants the in fit kind of shape, the body. But do you really want to get up at five in the morning and work yeah. out? Because So this is just life. Yeah. It, it, this is just life applied to, okay, I want a resilient, enduring relationship with Christ. Yeah. Uh, I want vibrancy. Okay, well, the world is going to pound on you and it will want to produce something in you. So what you do is know that Christ is doing something and you monitor your heart, what comes out in your life, what comes out in your emotions and your attitude, and do these things. Watch your attitude, you know, feed your mind, set your will, and those things he walks through the first three verses. And that's how it happens. There's no shortcuts to the Christian life. There's no one who wakes up and they're Moses. Moses spent a lot of time in the wilderness before he got the opportunity to lead a bunch of whiners out of Egypt to go, wow, what's your what's your prize, Moses? Oh, you get to deal with this many people. And then he gets on the mountain. He doesn't go into the promise and he can only see it. Why? Because he failed once. What do you mean he failed once? But here's the thing. He hung out with God. He received the law on top of Sinai. There's an amazing amount of privilege. So Moses, there's a tremendous responsibility too. And so there's a sense in which um, this idea of God doing something in you, working this thing out, it's it's from the beginning yeah. all the way to us. Yeah, it, really, it made me think about, uh, so life is an endless succession of value propositions, mm -hmm. right? Everybody yeah. does what they want, and you basically do that based off of what you value the most. So in the context of where we're at on a Sunday morning, preaching a message and thinking about the before and after, we're, we're corporately gathering our voices to exalt the name of Jesus, to exalt God. Mm -hmm. That's because we value him. And I was thinking, you know, like, particularly with the songs we're doing, and we did, we did ref song before, and that's kind of always got this big kind of, you know, feel. Um, thinking about how valuable the Lord is right now in this moment. Mm. How valuable is the Lord gonna be at two o'clock tomorrow when something goes wrong in your day? Uh, well, he doesn't change. Mm. It's my perception of it, mm. right? So we constantly gotta be reminding ourselves of that value, putting things in our life, relationships, uh, practices, disciplines, our Bible study, prayer, our interactions with one another, to be reminding ourselves of how good the Lord is 
So remember, these trials are totally worth it. They almost don't become trials anymore. Mm. Like, like Pat's weird, right? Like he likes doing all that CrossFit mm. stuff. <laughs> right? Like I remember, like these things you guys do called burpees. Yeah. Like if we would have done that when I was playing high school football, we would have gotten in trouble because they would have said we were trying to hurt ourselves. Sure, yeah. You guys do them on purpose. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but at some point, the workout actually becomes fun, and I think we see that in our process of sanctification. Not that all of a sudden, you know, facing hardship is going to be fun for me. Yeah. But your perspective on it changes and you almost get to where yeah. you know there's something around the corner and that something is, is more of Christ than you had before. Well, I think even, in, let's take the example of CrossFit. So you're doing it, uh, you like it for what it does, the kind of the, the buzz, you could say, yeah. of the after workout. You like that, but you didn't know that going into it. Yeah. So there's probably somebody drug you into it and said, let's do this. And after a while, you figured that out. Yeah. But initially, it's just kind of strange. Yeah. But you go, no, there's real value. I'm believing that there's value coming. Yeah. So that's the same idea. Consider it all joy. Uh, so that idea of my endurance through this thing, I'm considering it the painful experience I'm going through now, the difficult experience. It, yeah. I'm not enjoying it for it. I'm enjoying it for what it's going to produce. And I believe thy faith, that's what's going to produce. Yeah. So we're very similar to Christ and Gethsemane. So we quoted from Hebrews 10, mm. Jesus for the joy that set before him. Mm. But we also see the agony in Gethsemane. Yeah, we see that he's, he's, he's struggling yeah. for that awareness, never faltering at all in his faith. But that is so helpful for us. Yeah. Because he is the ultimate example of what it means to walk by faith. Yeah. The God man, but Jesus walked perfectly. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it's a piece of cake. No, that's so good, man. It, it makes me think about, too, that we as brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to be careful how I say this because I don't want to say we need to look at other people and be like, oh, I want to be like them in my relationship. Like, I don't want you to envy someone else's relationship with the Lord. Sure. But at the same time, I kind of want you to envy someone else's relationship no, like with the Paul, Lord. Right? Paul says, follow me. Yeah. I follow Christ. Yeah. So because I see in the exercise thing, you see somebody, you see a girl going, like, oh, I wish I could be in shape like that. And then maybe that's the thing that you go, well, right now this hurts, but I know they do this, so I'll yep. emulate it. So I think it should be encouraging to one another totally. that I don't necessarily want to have the exact relationship somebody does. But when I see somebody that's walking with the Lord in a way that blesses me, I get a little, mm -hmm. I want that. And I go, you know what? Maybe I'm not here right now, but I can do these things because I know these things to be true. It's not faith mm -hmm. in the sense the world talks about it. Like, oh, maybe. No, no, no. Yeah. It's the essence of things we know to be a reality, just like Christ, looking to something that was a solid, true fact. We know these things to be true and we can yeah. pursue them. And I think it's totally appropriate when Paul says, be like me so I can be like Christ, it's appropriate at that level. It's inappropriate at 1 Corinthians 1, I follow Apollos, I follow Peter, that's I good. follow. That's so good. that's when you go, okay, like, oh, it's almost like bowling. Yeah. You know, you've got gutters on either side. One side is a really good thing, that you're seeing them as models. Another side is, just don't go too far. The other side is, don't identify so much with them, you go, I follow them versus Christ. Yeah. So you just got to be very careful yeah. how far you take it. Well, it's like you're in town and you're trying to get somewhere. You know, you've lived in this town all this time and you should know how to get everywhere, but there's a place you don't know. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go. Well, like you and I, we're going to go down to coming. We're going to eat a restaurant. I'm yeah. like, Dan, I've never heard this weird Episcopalian restaurant that you want to eat at. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's like. You got to watch the message. You got to watch the message. So many people have talked to me about that. I was like, I was just joking around. Yeah. It just, it could be anybody, right? Like yeah, for yeah. some reason, I always pick the Methodist. Like, I don't know, right? Watch <laughs> the Anglican jokes this week. <laughs> there we go. But you say, you say, let me follow you down to this restaurant. 
I'm not following you for the sake of following you. I'm following you because of the destination, right? So that's how we follow other people in Christ. We don't follow them for the sake of following them. We're following because of the destination. The destination is Christ Jesus. That's right. So. And anybody who's worth their salt, if they see somebody going, hey, I'm, I'm following you, they go, uh, hang on a second. Uh, Are you cool. really following me? And that's almost the way you can tell a false teacher. Somebody who goes, yeah, follow me, do what I say, and they never make the connection. No, 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 no. We're both following Christ. I'm gonna be more mature and that's valuable, that's okay. But be very, very careful. Cause that's how you can tell when somebody goes, yeah, I really like that. I love that spotlight. Then you go, I don't need to be following you. Uh, well, and you need to think about it as the follower. Years ago, we were looking for a house um, and we were talking to a guy that was the, I don't know what you call it, the guy that's developing the neighborhood, uh, the manager, Builder. site manager or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I'm talking to him about the house and we just started talking about what, what we were doing and everything when it came to, you know, as a pastor and uh, he started talking about church. I'm not going to name the church, not because I'm, it's not the church's fault that he did this one. Maybe it is. But he goes, um, he goes, oh yeah. He goes, I go to so-and-so. I'm a disciple of, and he named the primary pastor of the church. And I thought, oh, slip of tongue. But actually we talked a little bit more. I thought, no. Nah. This guy's a disciple of that preacher. Yeah, that could be bad. Now, yeah. I understand if he goes, yeah, this guy's discipling me, yeah. but disciple of, uh, yeah, that's, you just had to be careful. Well, yeah, and I didn't, and I, at the end of the day, I wasn't an indictment on him, but when we were driving home, my wife and I were talking about it, and I thought, you know, that we need to be careful of that in our own life. True. Who are we following? It, it needs to be Christ. And we have to be careful. Anybody who has a public ministry that regularly teaches, you got to be very careful because that feels good when somebody goes, wow, that made so much sense. Mm. That feels really good. And you have to be careful because firmly believe you can be godly, but if you act ungodly in that way, Christ will remove somebody who's an effective tool when he becomes mm. a significant distraction. Mm. And if a pastor allows himself to live in the area of, yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty good guy and doesn't make the connection with the Lord. What I have is from you. If it wasn't for you, I would have nothing. Mm -hmm. And they not only mentally aspire to them to that understanding, but then they verbally go, isn't God good? Yeah. Isn't Christ good? Isn't the word good? Because somebody asked me, they, if they say, uh, outside of saying that was a grease fire, Dan, what do you think you're talking about? <laughs> now, if they say, that was very helpful, I'd say, you know, like a great material, the Bible, the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's not me. I mean, if I was making this stuff up, it would stink. So when you get into James 1, you go, how is it that that's so poignant and that it just makes sense and it works? Well, because it's the Bible. I mean, that's why. Yeah, I'm just the middleman here. Yeah, I mean, you, work, you got good material. That's right, you know? that's right. Well, hey, hey, good stuff, man. I'm looking yep. forward to, we're going to be in it again this week. That's right? right, 13 through 18, chapter 1, 13 through 18. Think about focusing, uh, fighting for focus in temptation. So trials last week, temptation this week. Well, uh, I don't know about everybody else, although I kind of do. I think we could all help to be helped to hear that because we're all mm -hmm. facing temptation, totally. particularly in this world. So yeah. good stuff. Looking forward to it. Thank you guys for joining us. We will see you next week uh, for another dose here of the Second Helpings. <laughs>